0: Hey guys, and welcome to Awe Stories. I'm your host, Amy Green. On each episode, we share conversations of self-discovery and transformation, with people stepping into being heroes of their own lives. I hope you leave feeling inspired and motivated in your own journey of self-discovery, and continue to seek and find moments of wonder and awe in your everyday life. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Awe Stories. Today we're talking with Juliana Erickson, a breathwork coach, entrepreneur, forgiveness coach, mentor of mine. She does some amazing work in this world. I cannot wait for you to hear more about it and see how you can explore this in your own life. As always, you can find the resources, show notes, and links referenced during this episode on our website at www.abreathoffreshaw.com. Hey, Juliana, thank you so much for joining our show today, Awe Stories. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do?
1: Sure. i'm I'm so glad to be here. i am um, I'm passionate about helping people. Uh, I've been doing this for maybe twenty two years now. And what it is is that I notice that um, uh, it's about feeling authentically, powerful within. And it's not so much looking outside for your gifts or outside for your worth or outside for your strength or safety. It's about helping people find it within. And, and I've had my, you know, I've gone through plenty of fires, walked over plenty of coals to get here, but I, I've accumulated quite a bit of experience and knowledge and stories of other people I've seen heal. And um, so that's part of what I'm going to share. And that's what makes up uh, how I'm able to help other people.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I love what you said about feeling powerful within. I think that's so important to not rely on just the external world to meet our needs, but also to feel powerful within and like we have the capacity within us to be exactly what we need to be.
1: Mm -hmm, That's
0: right. Can you tell us more about the Joyful Life Project and why you picked the Joyful Life as a name for your business?
1: Yeah, um, it used to be called Breathworks because I, you know, I, of course, conscious breathwork has so much to do with, with uh, the sealing process. It's, it's a somatic uh, method that I, help, I use to help people incorporate any of the changes that they've made. But um, over time, I realized breathwork, the, wor- the word breathworks was not enough because that's not the only tool in my toolbox, and that's not the only thing that gets people moving. Um, so I use uh, pre- prenatal and birth psychology, I'm a specialist in that. Uh, I use uh, forgiveness, which is to, not about anybody right or wrong. It's about uh, letting go and the willingness to be happy. That's all it is. Just about being happy and and taking our power back and not not giving ourselves over to victimhood. Um, so I use prenatal birth psychology. I use uh, forgiveness and I use positivity as the as the approach I use and. That word sometimes is misleading to people because they think it's more like jumping over problems or it's not covering up and it's not making something good. It's not making it look better than it is. It's actually transforming it. And so the the ways to do that is to actually see where we have, uh, where some of these things have originated and, and then, um, uh, some of them, it goes back to birth, our childhood, our, our, our uh, early programming, our family uh, culture, cu- uh, the cultural heritage that affects us. All those things just become uh, templates of who we become later. And so to notice what those are, and I help people find those. And when we see that we're doing these things unconsciously, it gives us the opportunity and puts us in the, in the position of power to make a choice to do it differently if we want. And and usually people do want, um, maybe not at first, because um, unfortunately a lot of people are resistant to change because change feels safe. I mean, if people change, it feels unsafe to them. And a lot of times they just want to stay the same because it's something they're familiar with. So I try really hard uh, my part as a as a contra, as a coach, uh, a life enhancement coach, um, is to help the people help create a sacred space for my uh, client to feel safe enough to go to where they hadn't wanted to go before and to make those changes within. And um, that's that's how I that's how I work.
0: You talked a little bit about transformation. Can you tell us what your transformational path has been like and paint us a picture around what life looked like and felt like before you started your practices?
1: Yeah. Um, wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> you know, there's two ways to learn. I've noticed there's the hard way and the easy way. And uh, sometimes people take the hard way, and I did. Um, and, but, but it was my biggest teacher. And to tell you the truth, Amy, I'm not, I mean this with all sincerity. If I had it to do all over again, as bad as that time was in my life, If I had to do all over again, knowing where it has led me, I would do it all over again.
0: Thanks so much for sharing that, Juliana. I can imagine that our listeners can resonate so much with the just dark seasons that come in life and being able to try to work through them and overcome them, knowing that on the other side, there is hope, there is light, but when we're in the thick of it, right, it just hurts and it's hard and it's tough and we really have to dig deep to try to find our way back out.
1: We have to look we have to look at that. And that's one of the things when you when you work with a coach or or a good friend who's known your you know has been with you on your journey or also journaling and, and keep up with what you're doing. I, I really encourage people to keep a, a journal of of their of, of their life and what's going on with them. Because if we don't see where where we've come from, how far we've come then we're always just looking for something else to feel better. And in the human condition, we always, it's just almost like part of being human. We always want something more, something more. But every once in a while, to stay, just say, wait a minute, I where I was last year or where I was six months ago, look where I am now. I don't cry every morning. I only cry once a week now when I wake up. Or, you know, I only... Uh, think of so-and-so who left me, you know, only once once a month instead of every, you know, five times a day. You know what I mean? So if we just notice how far we've come, it's a confirmation to us, and it's a way for us to, to grow our strength from within. And it's also more of a confirmation that we can do it and we can keep going, even if it's one little step in front of the other. And even small steps in the right direction are, are better than going backwards and not that we don't ever go backwards, I get it, sometimes it's one step, two steps forward, one step back, but if we keep our eye on where we're going, and that's the positivity part, and I, I want, before you, I know you're going to ask something, but I want to make sure I address positivity completely, and that is focusing on what you want, not what you don't want. And so many people, I hear them say, you know, I don't want to be like that again, or I don't want to be like her, or I don't want to go back there again, or I don't, it's I don't want, I don't want. And the more they do that, they're focusing on what they don't want. And that's what the subconscious hears. It hears, that's, you know, our words are our affirmations, and they hear all of that, and I don't want, and so they get more of what they don't want. So I encourage people to focus more on what you want. So if you want to be stronger or or feel more peaceful or have a loving relationship that honors you or whatever it is, instead of seeing how many times you've fallen or how much they're not doing what you want them to do, focus on what you are doing right or what has worked out. That's where the gratitude comes in handy. Um, anyway, so it's more about focusing on what you want, having mentors that you can emulate. Um, even if you had, like if your family was really terrible or, you know, it set you up for for um, failure after failure, however their pattern was, you even if they were not the best role models, so find a role model. You know, come up with your own family of choice and come up with another one that you can emulate. Um, anyway, that's positivity. It's about being more of what you want instead. And don't keep going over what's not working in your life. I mean, it's just a waste of energy, waste of time, and you're creating more of those neurochemicals that are eroding your physical body and mental health. So... There you go. I'm done. I love it.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And I love what you said. Our words are affirmation. So, before you had affirmation, before you had your journaling, your gratitude practices, your forgiveness practices, what was life like at that point, Juliana?
1: Wow. That's that wall when I was talking about how sometimes you live, you know, sometimes lessons are hard, sometimes they're easy. My life was—I I consider it—I um, didn't have any understanding of the depth of life, of of uh, the responsibility, of um, being present. Uh, I was—I guess you—you know—I guess the term, without meaning judgment, I was just clueless. I didn't understand, but I—I I was self-centered, and I—I I guess I was—if you want to use the word shallow—as a description of how I thought that might give you a good idea of what I'm talking about I didn't have a whole the spirituality was not it was interesting about you know thinking past lives and crystals and all that extra you know just peripheral stuff that was interesting and fun and exciting and whatever but as far as really feeling life and um uh, I didn't uh, none of that it was just how much can I get how much can I be how much can I, you know, pretend how much it was, it was just a very shallow existence. I, I didn't have any goals. Um, I'm not saying I was a bad person, but I was just, it was just shallow. Um, and then when I look at it from where I am now, it's like, I don't even know who that person was. And so when I finally hit my wall, as, um, I had, um, I was in, in a relationship with somebody who was at the time, I could say was absolutely the, wrong 180 degree wrong person for me. But from where I'm sitting right now, he was a hundred percent the perfect person for me because that's the one that um I refer to as Saint Craig. He was the one that, <laughs> if I hadn't if I if he hadn't led me down that path into that dark, terrible place where I didn't even want to live, it was just I lost pretty much everything in my life. If I hadn't gone to that place, I would not have wanted to you know, I wouldn't have fallen apart and had the nervous breakdown that created the beginning of who I've become now. So, yay! Thank you. Thank you.
0: you know? Thank you, St. Craig.
1: Yeah. Who would I be today if, if I hadn't had that happen? I I may still be on that. Oh, who knows? I don't even want to think. It's not even. It's not even worth thinking about. <laughs> just, I don't want to go there. It's like, that's not me. I'm here. I'm here. Grateful. Every day is amazing. I'm, I'm grateful for people and situations. I'm grateful for me. I'm grateful for what I've created. Um, it's just, life is awesome.
0: So talk to me about St. Craig led you into what you're talking about. These practices that you are, so passionate about and you share so freely with the world so the gratitude the journaling the forgiveness um your book even the f what is it called the other f word The other f <laughs> I word i love it one in seven days yeah so tell me about your practices and how they let you step into your power and find that empowerment again Well, I was powerless.
1: I mean, that's where I started. Like nothing. No power zero. That's when I had the nervous breakdown. Like I said, I did not, literally did not want to live. And if I didn't have a young son at the time, I'm not sure I'd still be here today. I just had nothing to live for. I felt like I'd lost everything. And so when I turned it around, I remember thinking one day, you know, I didn't go out of the house for, I brought my son to school and then I come back and I just stay in the room, you know, bed all day. I didn't answer the phone. I didn't see friends, you know, major depression, like major, major. And um, and then one day I, I just said, oh, I've got to do something. I can't keep this up. Life can't continue like this you know, I've got to put my life back together. And I was so embarrassed. I was ashamed of all the money I'd wasted, how I had given away my everything, all my, my power to him. mean, anyway. And so this little voice said, well, you don't, you can, you don't have to put it together the same way. You could do it differently. And it was this quiet little voice back there that I never heard before because I was so interested in excitement and big and you know, movement and passion and all this extra, extra, extra stuff, which is fine, but not, I was like, I was living it nonstop, like with, through a fire hose kind of thing. And and there's this quiet little voice back there saying you could do it differently. So I thought, what, what, what are you talking about? I can do it differently. There, I didn't understand, but I could tell there was something about that sweetness that got my attention. It was like a little tiny flame over in the corner. And I, I surrendered to that flame because I was I was so I had no no energy to live no no power I was completely powerless completely hopeless and then there's this little flame over here saying you could do it differently um, within two weeks after that I found breathwork this it, it used to be called rebirthing breathwork but I I found it I started a course in miracles. Um, I had had it for a couple, few years, and it never. I didn't care about it. All of a sudden, it was speaking to me, and I opened it up, and I started doing it every day. I started meditating every day. I just, my life just started. It just it, that little, that little flame turned into a passionate fire in my heart that com- was living through me when I had no strength to live. It was the fire of my existence, and I just, I, I couldn't not do it because the fire was so great in me. And that's what's continued to this day. I'm doing all those practices every day still. And that's over 22 years ago.
0: That's amazing. What a journey. And yeah, nobody tells me to do it. I just love it. It's my food. Wow. Yeah. Where did you start your practices? What did you start with? The first one was the breath work.
1: I had a guest house in my backyard that, that, it had been renovated for my mother. She didn't live there anymore. It was empty. And somebody told me a friend said, you know, there's this breath worker coming in from Atlanta. She needs a place to use to see clients. Would it be okay if she uses your rest house once a month? And in exchange you'll get a breath work session. And I thought, Well, I don't know what breath work is, fine, I don't care. So anyway, so I got a session and by the third the first two I didn't hear about because I was so I was so numb I didn't feel anything. And that's uh, that's hard. To not feel anything with breathwork, but that's how numb I was. But the third time, I was—I had a cosmic experience. It was amazing, and um, I thought, "I want this. If this is what feeling alive feels like, I want it." So that's—that's that's what started it. And then, um, of course, gratitude came from that because that passion was the what is is like a fire of gratitude from what I've experienced. So it just kind of kept growing from there. And then the journaling was part of the forgiveness, which was part of the breath work, because breathwork, forgiveness is such a big part of, of breath work um, process. The kind of breath work I that I do anyway.
0: Talk to me about that forgiveness process. I would love to hear more about it because I think that in life, every day, right, we come across. I w- I remember I was driving yesterday. This guy cut me off in traffic, and my hands were put up in the air, slammed on my horn, and I was on my way to go teach yoga, and I sat there thinking, oh no. I need to just let it go. But sometimes it can be so hard, Juliana, to just let go and forgive. And I know that's such a small moment and small example, but in the grand scheme of things, they add up, don't they?
1: They do. And it's funny you use that example, Amy, because that's one of the examples I use to show people how tricky our ego is. Honestly, I was I was driving through the Centennial Park one day and I had just had one of these heart opening, amazing gratitude experiences where I could just feel God's love. And I was tears streaming down my face. I was just so grateful. I was, you know, like I was singing to all the trees. I was in that kind of state. It was amazing. It sounds amazing. It was. It was amazing. And then at the same time, somebody drove in front of me and almost ran into me. I'm not kidding. And there I am feeling this extreme bliss and ecstasy at the same time being angry at that guy, at the same time. And I thought to myself, how interesting. I can feel both of these. Am I both of them? And so it began a different... Um, understanding of of humanity of my humanness anyway to know that those we always have those two voices in our head and that's all that's of course of course miracles telling you you can choose whichever one you want any moment but they're both there they're both there and so it doesn't mean just because we're angry that we're a bad person and we've forgotten everything we know or it's our ego that's always trying to get a foothold in us and trying to make us feel you know trying to get us angry or scared or um, you know, side with one against the other. And, you know, it's trying to get us to argue and all of that. That's what the ego is trying to do. Because, And guess what? That's always a state of not feeling happy, of not feeling loving, of not feeling innocent, you know? And all those things are the ones that, I mean, from a spiritual perspective, it does, you don't have to be, you know, a, I'm a spiritual person just because it's just who I am now. But it feels good to know that, I am innocent, I uh, we all are, but to feel, but when you really recognize it, it feels so good, but then when you have somebody drive in front of you and you want to, you know, scream at them, or, uh, it's okay, just the biggest thing you can do in that moment is recognize that's not you, and you just recognize, I'm innocent, that's not me, and when you do that, you kind of let the charge go, and that anger doesn't keep on going, and you don't have to worry about... Um, Um, you know, going, going down that deep, dark hole of road rage. And that's where it, that's what happens. It keeps going, going, going anyway. So anyway, it's just funny you mentioned that because that's been one of my, So you you talked about forgiveness. So what, so it is literally, if you look it up in the dictionary, it doesn't mean anything about being a doormat or I, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. none of that, it's none of that right or wrong, good or bad, um, all of those things are things that we have given uh, explanation to. The, if you look it up in the dictionary, forgiveness means the willingness to, no, excuse me, it, it means to let go or to untie, to loosen or to untie. That's, it just means to let go. And, and if you think about it, when we're, when we're angry or bitter or resentful or revengeful or all of those things, those are, we put ourselves in a prison and meaning we're not free. And so it's forgiveness is we want to be free. We don't want to be in that prison. Even if it means even if that person did that wrong thing, forgiveness doesn't mean that that thing didn't happen. It doesn't mean that you're going to forget it or whatever that it's it's it had happened. But what it's going to do is it's going to let you let it go of having control over you because the key word is victim when you continue to give your power to that person through anger through through for bitterness and, and revenge and all that you are giving your power to them you're you're saying they st- that event that happened 10 15 25 years ago still rules your life now or even if even if you go down the street and you see somebody that looks like that person that that took $5000 from you and never paid you back 10 years ago or or you see their name on Facebook and if you feel You know, if you feel that oomph in your stomach or they, they anger you in the moment, even if it's for a second, you still have the, they still have you as a prisoner
0: Yeah. and,
1: so you know, and being a prisoner. No, who wants to be a prisoner? That's not what we're, that's not what we're meant to be. We're meant to be free. No. Yeah. So that's what forgiveness is. It's all about that. And yet most people don't want to do it. I didn't want to do it, but guess what? The very first forgiveness process I was, I did was this guy. And I did not want to do it. I cried and screamed and hit the floor. I mean, I, during the whole thing, I hated him. I hated him. And I hated doing it. And I didn't want to do it. And I was just furious. But it had to go. Yeah. I had to forgive him more than once. Because one time was just to kind of loosen things up. But, you know, I had to do it, I don't know, maybe three, four, five times just to get it gone until I could call him St. Crick. Because I I, wouldn't, I wasn't able to do that before. <laughs>
0: I mean <laughs> and I love what you say. Forgiveness is the way to yeah. freedom. I love that. What are some of the forgiveness practices that you're talking about doing? How would you start if you wanted to try to forgive someone today?
1: Well the first thing is is that uh you have to be willing. And that's the part most people don't go. Actually that's the hardest part, Amy.
0: It sounds like it. Being willing I yeah, I know that there's many times in my life where the willingness you know, I mean, you're talking about the ego, right? Like, and the ego just gets front and center is just like, no, yeah, (laughs) no, we're not going there. Um, And I think, you know, to move past that and to shift into that willingness, you really have to just, yeah, I don't know, let go find a space to breathe. Um, The practices that you talk about the breathing, I've practiced with you. And it really does. I've experienced that creating space to just be with it, so that you can then step into the next phase of "I'm willing," right? Yep.
1: Yep. And, and you think about it too, is that a lot of times when we put ourselves back there, we are. It, it is a victim. It's a vic- We are placing ourselves as a victim. We're 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 self-created victim. I mean, that's what we're continuing to create in our minds. And even some people even use that as a word. Um, I mean, as a description of themselves. I I challenge people to make themselves the hero of their own story. Rewrite the story and make yourself the hero instead of the victim.
0: I love that, being the hero of our own lives. I think that that is the most empowering thing that we could be, right? Stepping into our fullest expression of power is not expecting someone to come on that shining white horse, you know, lift us off and carry us into the sunset like we see in the movies. Yep. But doing that for ourselves and being that for ourselves yep so tell me Juliana how would you describe your life at this point
1: well um, I'm continuing to be curious about life I'm very clear that um, I it's my job to take care of myself each day that means purify myself purify my thoughts let go of things that if I feel any anger any resentment it's up to me to clear that out because I am I am with I just know that I am part of the humanity and my part of being Juliana being part of humanity is to keep my part clear. And so if I'm contributing to the world, I want it to be as clear as possible. And um, so that's that's my daily thing. And um, you know it's like that I love that cup runneth over in the, you know, there's a biblical reference in one of the Psalms is, you know, talk about your cup. So when you fill yourself up with joy and peace and gratitude and fullness, it over, you fill up so much. And then what you pour out is what you share with people. And so it, overflows. it overflows, and so a lot of times people take from their cup when it's almost empty, and then they then they resent other people, and then they t- they wear themselves down. And you know that's not it. You take care of yourself first, like you take care like on the plane. You know you give yourself the oxygen first, then your child. It's the same kind of thing. You take care of yourself, and then the overflowing part, and it comes from. And the happier you keep yourself, it's an it's a fountain that never stops ever. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. You can't, it, joy doesn't ever stop. So j- you don't have to worry about giving too much away. In fact, that's A Course in Miracles. Uh, that's one of the lessons I just did yesterday is that you? When, what you give away, you, you what you feel is what you give away and what you give away you feel. It's like what you give so you can't give away too much because the more you give, the more you get, you get it back. And that's the next part of what I feel is important in, in my life and I just think it helps anybody's life become fuller and happier is to share um, as far as in community, like um, not just charity, giving as far as money goes, which I believe is important, but it's also giving time and attention, like becoming part of nonprofits or, you know, help instead of just complaining and feeling helpless in the world. When you look around, there's so much need everywhere. So, Becoming an island as we're as we're helping ourselves. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking I'm talking about hearing, clearing ourselves, bringing joy to ourselves, and knowing that that overflowing fountain is not to keep for ourselves. It's to share. And it's not just to share with people we love. It's also to share with people we don't like. It's also to share with situations we don't like, like homelessness or the refugee crisis or the animals, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you feel more part of the solution. And then you don't get stuck in problems and feeling helpless. So those, those are things that are, I just think are important.
0: Being in community and giving back. Yeah. So important. Yeah. What teachers or mentors or guides have influenced you the most in your life?
1: Well, one of my greatest ones, she died last month. Her name is Hazel King and she was 96 and, um, she, after 24 years of not painting, she inspired me to paint again, and I've I've become a professional artist. And that's one of the things that's been a wonderful part of my life is I love painting. And um, Nashville Scene Artist of the Year a few years ago, by the way, amazing. Um, <laughs> but it was Hazel, and she was um, she lived life to the fullest, like lived full out. She was amazing. Never met a stranger. Made you feel good. I mean, you. It doesn't matter what, what kind of a bad mood you walked into that art class with. Be, just being in her presence was, she was electric. And she was lo- She was loving and she saw the best in everybody. She was wonderful. She was still teaching, you know, yoga in, in, her, in her 70s, ballroom dancing, 80s, and um, art 90. And she started the arts program in Nashville uh, 50-something years ago. Anyway, so there's Hazel, um, Maureen Malone in Philadelphia is... Uh, an amazing heart and wise and humble and grounded and um, experienced so she's one of my original breathwork teachers um, anyway there, there's there's several but those are the first ones that come to mind
0: thank you for sharing those and it sounds like they were beautiful beautiful mentors in your life thank you so much for sharing about them so where could our listeners begin if they were interested in stepping into some of the practices that you've talked about today? Where would you recommend they begin?
1: Well, my book is on Amazon. Um, it's a hard copy, or you could download it. And um, so it's called The Other F Word seven, seven Days to Forgiving Anyone. And um, you can take it slow, you don't have to jump right into it. But uh, And then anytime anybody uh, does a forgiveness, if they're beginning a forgiveness process, I. I offer myself to pray for them when they begin it to get them going, and so they can go to my website and contact me that way and let me know when you're going to the date you're going to start, and I will um, pray to support you with it. Um, my website is thejoyfullifeproject.com. There's an oil called forgive that I give people uh, some of that when they're when they have uh, finished one of the forgiveness processes. So. Let me know when you're doing I want to support forgiveness because when you're doing it, you're helping everybody. You're not just helping you and your loved ones and your friends around you, but the whole planet needs more good.
0: Thank you so much, Juliana, for being willing to give our listeners an oil in the process of forgiveness to freedom. Make sure that you contact Juliana through her website, www.thejoyfullifeproject.com so that you can let her know when you start your forgiveness journey, and we hope that you are able to find more freedom in your life. You can also connect with her on Facebook at Breathe to Heal. Thank you so much for tuning in today for this episode of Awe Stories. Please feel free to like, comment, share, and give us feedback about what topics you would like to hear more of. As always, you can find the show notes and resources from this episode and more at our webpage, www.abreathoffreshaw.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Awe. We hope you are leaving feeling more motivated and inspired in your journey of self-discovery and create more moments of wonder and awe in your everyday life. Tune in next week for our next episode.